0: Hey everybody, welcome back to the Vince August Podcast. We are up to episode 8. This week I'm going to be ranting about a whole bunch of stuff. Um, I'm going to be kind of all over the map. Um, Still starting off with the Deck 3 song in the background, We Are Friends. Let me crank this up for a quick second here. Actually got together with the founder of the group and um, the guy who really brought the band together, John Haber, this past weekend, um, had dinner with him. It's always great to see John. His wife is in Germany right now. Um, She wrote a book called I Didn't Kill Jesus. The title would suggest it's something other than what it is. Uh, Naomi Haber wrote this amazing book, uh, she was born in Germany in the 1960s to a, a Jewish dad who survived eight concentration camps. Um, absolutely amazing stories from her dad. Her mom was actually a Christian who grew up in Germany, converted uh, to, to Judaism. They married, and Naomi talks about what it was like growing up um, a Jew in a small country-like town in germany surrounded by christians where a dad you know who survived the concentration camps really an unbelievable story the reason she's going to germany she wrote this book obviously in um in english here in america the book got picked up in germany someone read the book there they translated it into german and they are actually flying around to, to give a, a lecture on the book and her story. Really amazing. So um, I, I got to give a plug. It's a great quick read. Um, I Didn't Kill Jesus by Naomi Haber, who is married to John Haber, who is, the again, the founder of Deck 3, and that's where I got the intro song from. So plug for the Habers. Um, jumping right in to the podcast and some questions that people sent me with regards to last week's podcast. One of the, the questions came up about my choice of career, and one of the things I said is how I kept my day job and you know didn't want entertainment to become uh, you know this, I guess full time job is the way it came off, judging by the emails. And maybe I, I really misspoke. Um, I would leave my law career in a heartbeat if I was gainfully, fully employed as an entertainer. I had a a TV deal um, this year that fell apart in January that would have been life-changing money. Had that gone through, I absolutely would have shut down my office. Um, I probably would have hung a shingle in a firm, been of counsel. I would would always keep up my law degree uh, and my law background, uh, keep my license active just because I'm very proud of it. Um, But I would certainly leave the profession. Um, I I would keep my license active in case you never know in life. Um, You know, you you get an opportunity to help somebody pro bono. You get an opportunity to do somebody a favor. Uh, You wind up in a case as an entertainer. You see an opportunity to get involved in something and and do something good for somebody. And if financially, my circumstances are different. And if I could do it for free, you know, why give up something like that? So maybe I wasn't clear. What I meant was. There's very few people in the entertainment industry that can survive just being an entertainer. I, I believe of the all of the people that are a member of the Screen Actors Guild slash AFTRA, American Federation of Television and Radio Artists Guild, I believe it's 5% are actually fully employed making a living as an entertainer. So that means... There are a lot of people, 95%, it may even be as high as 97% of the people in the Screen Actors Guild that cannot earn a living. So my point was, since you can't earn a living necessarily being a full-time entertainer, that's one of the reasons I kept another profession that I loved, I'm good at, I enjoy doing, um, and helps pay the bills as opposed to that starving artist thing. So, so maybe I misspoke. Maybe I misstated it. Uh, that one's on me. But, yes, I would leave the law in a heartbeat. I, and, listen, that's not to say there aren't amazing jobs. In fact, I, I, I'm warming up The Daily Show this week, and, you know, having been there, there's a situation that, you know, believe me, it's a job. It's work. But there's a job you'd love to go to. If, if you're employed in a situation like that, if you're working on an amazing show, um, by all means, you're winning in life. Um, if And maybe, it, and I'm just talking as an entertainer, there are a lot of people that love their job. And you don't come to hate your job. And it's not just punching the clock. Um, again, what I was talking about is I never wanted the entertainment industry, while I was trying to make it, while I was struggling to get in. To become that full-time job that I wound up hating. There are a lot of comics that go on stage, push play, and just do their set verbatim every time. I didn't want to be that. So that was really, that's a better explanation, I think, of what I was saying in the last podcast. Also, another question that came up, another criticism, I should say, of my last podcast was I was defending the comics and basically saying, you know, there's a process that a lot of people don't understand And that process now includes social media and the Internet and throwing things out. And sometimes they're taken in a vacuum and were criticized unfairly. And someone said, so are basically comics beyond criticism? And my answer is obviously no. No one is beyond criticism. What I'm more concerned with is the firings and the backlash at humorous attempts gone wrong for comedians, and I'm keeping this specific towards comedians, if somebody is in a job that's serious and they make an attempt at comedy or trying to be make an attempt at sarcasm, you know, that's taken different. The situations I specifically pointed to were three. Artie Lang, professional comedian. Chris Rock, professional comedian actor. And the third one was Michael Che. Professional comedian. There's no question about it. These people are professional comedians. So what they put out into social media, on television, clearly, unequivocally, no question about it, was comedy. This was not a newscaster trying to make a joke. This was not a politician trying to make a joke. This is, you know, this is completely different. So uh, there's a big difference between being above criticism and trying to stop this horrific backlash and this constant calling for jobs and heads on a platter for an attempted at humor. The other thing that I want to talk about with regards to the last podcast, you know, again, stop speaking for us when you do go after these people and just speak for yourself, okay? You know, if you don't like something and you're going to write a blog about it, Just give us your perspective and stop saying people like you. This podcast is Vince August podcast. This is my opinion. This is my take on things. I am not speaking for the public. The public that may agree with me will listen, comment, share this podcast. I am not pretending, though, to speak for anybody or on anybody's behalf, let's put that out there right now. All right, so I'm asking basically people in the public when you go to you know blogging and you start losing your mind on you know what you think is wrong with comedy and television, and I'm going to really get into a specific television example. Speak for yourself. Don't automatically try to associate yourself with this huge group of people like you have this amazing support group behind you. Oh, stop it. Okay, stop it. You are, you are not the voice of the masses. You are your voice. If there are people supporting you, put out a petition and let them back you up. Um, so that's those are my answers for the podcast seven and the comments and the emails and the questions. Thank you very much for, for all of that stuff. Uh, the fact that you're sending me emails, sending me comments, lets me know that you're listening. Uh, I want to jump into something that just happened to me not 10 minutes ago. I'm at the post office here in Paramus, New Jersey, and there's a woman online, and she was older. She, This woman is definitely late 60s, if not 70s, and she's buying stamps, and you know she's asking for a specific kind of stamp. Do they just come with the flag, this and that? And when she gets the price of the stamp, she asks, how much it is the stamps? Oh, my God. And they're 49 cents, and she needed 10 more. And she's like, you know what? I'll figure it out. So she couldn't afford the $4.90. And when I looked at her, I said, you know what? She's an older woman. She's probably on Social Security, some type of fixed benefit. I, immediately, I put into my head a reason why this extra $4.90, these extra 10 stamps, Would have been an issue, and some people can't afford things, and I never try to spend people's money, so fine, it is what it is. Go outside, I see her getting in her car, and she is getting into a brand new Bentley. Brand spanking new white, beautiful Bentley. Okay, so now the four the extra ten stamps at 49 cents each. Is somehow offensive to you. But spending 120 to 150 grand on a car at age 70 isn't. Okay. I don't know what she does. I don't know where she's going around that she needs a Bentley to drive her around at her age. But that's not offensive. Stamps at 49 cents are... First of all, I am a person that, I, I, it's sad to me that the post office is falling apart. And I walk into my post office, the, the joke about me is I'm like Norm from Cheers at the post office. And I know everyone's name, and I walk in and it's, hey, and I, and I know Leon, I know Lad, I know Nassim, I know all the clerks at the post office. Because I think the post office is an absolutely amazing place. Think about it. You hand somebody a note. And say, here, here's 50 cents. Do me a favor. Drive this across town and deliver it. Drive it across county. Drive it into the next state. Get it there by a couple days on your way to doing something else. Here's 50 cents for that. I'm sorry. I think that is absolutely amazing. I think it's amazing that you can hand somebody something, give them 50 cents, say, do me a favor, drop this off, and they do it. Now, granted, they're doing it in, in, in bulk and everything else, and they happen to be going, but still, what an absolutely amazing Just facility, and for the the years it's been... Mind you, whether it's raining, snowing... We we know the whole phrase. Rain, snow, dark of night. I think the post office is an amazing place. And for this bitch to complain about a 49-cent stamp when she's driving a Bentley, I think takes unbelievable nerve. Unbelievable nerve. Even the fact certified mail... Hand somebody $6.50. Listen, I want you to deliver this to that person's house, place of business, but not only drop it off, I want you to get them to sign a card saying that you gave it to them and then bring the card back to me. I'm sorry, that, that's an unbelievable bargain. I think our post office is amazing. And and I was just I had a rant about that because this woman, it drove me nuts that she was coming. Now, granted. Wrinkles here probably when she first sent her first letter it cost her three cents to do it and it was you know now all of a sudden it's forty six cents later but wrinkles is also driving a Bentley nowadays I mean come on I, lady paid a forty nine cents get off of it um, next topic I, I'm gonna go rapid fire here I, I was looking at uh, I woke up going on Facebook and, and after I looked at the news today and one of my Facebook friends uh Lindsey Everett had a, a a post up that I, I clicked on the story, had to read. This is posted by the Parents Television Council, a nonpartisan educational organization advocating responsible entertainment. And this was a press release press release that went out November seventeenth, 2014. So if you want to look it up, Um, The press releases PTC, that's the Parents Television Council, blasts FX for bringing HBO-caliber pornography to basic cable. And basically the story is um, the November 11th episode of Sons of Anarchy opened with approximately two and a half minutes. Two and a half minutes of graphically depicted um, sexual scenes with explicit sexual content um, previously available only on a la carte premium networks or pay-per-view and they go on complaining here's their quote it's official in order to watch cable news espn disney or the history channel every family in america must now also pay for pornography on fx Last week's episode of Sons of Anarchy opened with the most sexually explicit content we've ever seen on basic cable. Content normally found on premium subscription networks like HBO or Showtime, said PTC president Tim Winter. Here's the next quote. For years, FX has been pursuing a path to be as explicit as HBO, yet still be included in the forced bundle of advertiser-supported networks that every cable or satellite subscriber must purchase through their monthly bill. If FX wants to be like HBO and air this kind of explicit content, then they should become a premium network. But they won't because the cartel-like leverage they currently enjoy is too lucrative. And if our history is our guide we should expect a host of other basic cable networks to air similar, even more explicit content in the name of staying competitive. Families should not be forced to underwrite pornography. Cable choice is a solution whose time has come, and there could hardly be a better example of it than this. We call on Congress, the FCC, and the federal courts to give cable consumers Real choice when it comes to deciding which networks they actually want to purchase. I have the biggest fu for this Tim Winter that you could possibly imagine. First of all, let's get into Sons of Anarchy. It is on FX. And it is on FX at 10 o'clock at night. If you cannot. Police your children at 10 o'clock at night. And by children, we're talking what? 18 and under. If you have kids 18 and under on a Tuesday night, they're not in the house at 10 o'clock. First of all, you have a parenting issue. You want to start pointing fingers, Tim Winter? I'm pointing a finger at you. Here's my finger. Your kid's not in by 10 o'clock at night. Then you're a crap parent. And I'm going to really try to censor my language on this because I'm ready to lose my effing mind. You're a crap parent. 10 o'clock at night, your kid should be in the house on a Tuesday, first of all. Second of all, if you can't control what your kid is watching in your own house at 10 o'clock at night, then you know what? Maybe you shouldn't have kids. You know what? If you can't police what's going on in your house at 10 o'clock at night, you shouldn't have a pet. How about You shouldn't have a dog or a cat. You got to be absolutely kidding me with this post and this press release. 10 o'clock at night, your kid is watching television and you can't walk into their room and say, hey, I don't want you watching that. You can't block the channel. How about this? How about you don't give your kid their own TV? How about you have the one TV in the house that everybody can watch? Again, police your house, not cable, Tim Winter. Okay, you're you're so unable to control what goes on in your house that now you're going to go to Congress and the FCC and say, shame on you for allowing this on television. You know what, Tim Winter, this country is not run by children. This country is not run by people 18 and under. There's a whole other demographic here, 18 and older, that wants to watch whatever the F we want to watch. Okay, and there was nothing, nothing in those scenes, and I've watched every episode of Sons of Anarchy, every one. There was nothing in those scenes that were so far afield of stuff I saw growing up when I was in college and beyond on daytime soap operas, okay? The sexual content was not so far afield of something that I don't see in public, something I don't see on regular network television that I would have been so offended by. Listen, I have an open mind. I watched the show, there's a scene with Tig and Venus that I watched and there was nothing about that. Trig is is one of the, the bikers. Venus is a transsexual in the show. They were having a lovemaking scene. I watched that, and there was nothing about that that made me say, oh, my God, wow, I was unaffected by it. Now, granted, Tim Winter, I actually have an open mind, okay? Maybe your little repressed sexual mind, and you know what? I don't know this guy Tim Winter from A Hole in the Wall, but normally the people that start preaching about this stuff are are the people that, man are the biggest sexual deviants that behind closed doors, the stuff they're doing talk about deviant behavior, but yet in public, they want to give you this perception that they live this button down life. And I'm not saying, ta- don't sue me, Tim. Winter. I'm not saying this about you. I don't know you from a hole in a wall. All I know you is from this press release, which is crap. But those people, this is the the, the hypocrisy Okay, let me tell you something, Tim Winter, the biggest entertainment industry we have is the pornography industry. It's a billion dollar industry. Pornography makes more money than mainstream movies, more than mainstream television. So you know what? There's a market for it. And trust me, I'm not the only one. It's a billion-dollar industry. I'm not a billionaire, so I'm not the only pervert, according to you, watching this. There's a lot of people, and you know what? In your own release, you know, se- sequence several cuppers in the in- act of intense lovemaking, okay? What is wrong with intense lovemaking? You know what? This country could use some more intense love making the world could use some more intense love making dare i say i would bet that you tim winter could use some more intense love making oh my goodness this is unbelievable and thank you for lindsay everett for posting this because i read this article and lost my mind here we go policing our homes you don't want to watch the show don't watch it obviously tim you must be a fan of the show because if you're scoping out all of these shows to find this stuff who's the real problem here maybe you should change your channel tim obviously you must be a fan of the show that you found this Because I doubt so many people were calling you going, oh, my God, Tim, we were home the other day and we had to just board up the windows, shut off all the TVs, light candles and start praying to our God that our children would not be offended and somehow be in therapy for the intense lovemaking that lasted two and a half minutes at 10 o'clock at night on the FX channel One of 900 channels on our cable. Hey, you know what, Tim? If you got such a problem with it, don't subscribe to cable. Oh, but you want to watch CNN. You want to watch Disney. You want to watch? block the other channels. Or you know what? Sit up and watch television with your kids at 10 o'clock at night. So that they're not watching Sons of Anarchy. Let me tell you what Sons of Anarchy is, everybody. It's a soap opera. No different than the soap operas I grew up watching, As the World Turns, uh, Bold and the Beautiful, Young and the Restless, with bikers and violence. Here's the crazy thing that absolutely makes me wild about this, this press release. Tim Winter is more concerned with the two and a half minutes of intense lovemaking Than he is by the acts of violence that were carried out in the show. So having somebody murdered didn't bother you. Execution scenes didn't bother you. But what seemed to bother you was the two and a half minutes of lovemaking. Intense lovemaking. So the scene where a guy gets his eye gouged out and his fingers cut off before he and the people in his posse are executed, that didn't bother you. You're okay with that. It was the two and a half minutes of intense lovemaking that bothered you. Wow. That is absolutely unbelievable. And let me tell you, people, you know what? Everybody listening to this podcast... Find Tim Winter, send him an email, send him a message saying, you know what, Tim, you've got a problem. My problem is not with my cable. My problem is with people like you trying to prevent people like me from seeing what I like to see because, you know what, at 10 o'clock at night, Tim, that's what I want to watch. That's what the, the mass of people, yes, the mass of people that are watching Sons of Anarchy want to watch. Don't come into my house and try to tell Cable and everything, else, everybody else that now I need to pay for this. So now you want me to pay for that because it offends you. I got to dig into my pocket. Oh, stop it. Stop it. Here we go again. One person speaking for the masses. We got to stop this in this country. We have to stop this. Oh, my God. What is going on here? The guy's offended by intense lovemaking? Really? You know what? Here's another thing that somebody was offended by. Ready for this? So far we have intense lovemaking. I saw a story where a person complained about Tim Tebow and the the college game day crew or whatever it is were holding hands at one point during the the broadcast of the show. Um, And and there was a whole thing about forcing prayer down our throat. And I thought to myself, are you absolutely kidding me? Are you out of your mind that this is where we are? Okay. And and here's, hold on. Here's one of the articles that I'm pulling up right now off the internet. Caught red-handed, exclamation point. Tim Tebow snapped. Snapped. Praying on show set. And here's the article, and I'm pulling this article. This is by Matthew Philbin, November 19th, 2014, and it's on the MRC News Busters, exposing and combating liberal media bias. Okay, and here's the story. Um, somewhere, sometime last Saturday morning, a liberal sports blogger sensed a disturbance in the force. Oh, I love this article already. Somewhere else across the country, perhaps, a militant atheist encroaching theocracy sensed tingle. Could it be? And the terrifying terrifying answer is yes. Team Tim, Tim Tebow was back, ready and fainting couches. He was praying in public, sort of, and he was caught on camera by another Christian. Tebow was on the set of SEC Nation. SEC is the Southeastern Conference of College Football On the SEC network for his regular analyst gig before going on the air. Before going on the air, he joined hands with his co-host and led a brief prayer. Christian recording artist Tanner Clark was on the set and snapped a photo, which he shared on social media. So basically what we have is this. This is not being aired. No one's seeing this. But one of the people who's a Christian took a picture of this moment off camera because he thought it was a great moment and put it out there. And people lost their minds over this because this is forcing religion down our throat. And Matthew Philbin, great job on the article. Um, I mean, you got to be kidding me. This is what we call forcing religion. So let me get this straight. People in militant uniforms, severing heads in the name of their God. That's not forcing religion down our throat, but a guy off camera leading a prayer on something called the Southeastern Conference SEC Network. Southeastern Conference, known to be a Bible Belt, where those people don't have a problem with this. Don't have a problem. Nobody had a problem with it. And in fact, if you look at the picture and if you go to this article, you will see they are all holding hands, head bowed, praying together intensely. Let me tell you, everybody out there, there is probably nothing less offensive to me in life than watching people holding hands. Praying together. That is the least threatening thing I think I can see next to a puppy and a kitten playing together. I mean, you've got to be kidding me that that is somehow offensive. I could walk down the street in the middle of the worst neighborhood in the world, and if I see people holding hands and praying, I got to tell you, I'm going to feel pretty safe. I'm going to feel really safe. Where are we? In this country that people joining hands and praying is offensive. And if that to the lunatic who found this offensive, if that's offensive to you, stop watching football, stop watching football. Because I hate to tell you this at the end of each game, they're going to ram religion down your throat and possibly every other orifice. Because when football players get together at the end of a game, they kneel center field hold hands and pray that everybody got off the field safe and in one piece when a player gets injured they all take a knee pray for the player oh my god they're ramming religion down my throat how am i going to survive the the humanity how are we going to survive this unbelievable crusade of ramming religion down my throat oh my god people start shutting off your televisions if this is really what's bothering you Start shutting off your televisions. Stop watching TVs. Sell all your electronic devices. Move to Amish country or get a copy of that M. Night Shyamalan movie. What was it? The Village. Get a copy of The Village. Build a wall around your town. Self-sustain and self-contain yourself and cut off the rest of the world. Because if people holding hands praying, then you shouldn't drive down the street. There's a lot of churches and synagogues where people do that same thing. That's offensive. Sundays. Oh my God. Sunday must be unbelievable for you to endure. Saturday afternoons must be unbelievable. What do you do during Ramadan? You must just be absolutely beside yourself. Atheist. How do you exist in a world where people are holding hands and praying? Listen, with regards to organized religion, I think I've been pretty clear about it. I am not one for organized religion. I think a person's relationship to God is as personal as their relationship to their spouse or significant other or their kids. That is something that's about you and how you deal with that. The fact that people came together in groups and created a business out of religion offends the hell out of me because to now say in order to come into my building, hold hands and pray, I need your money. In order for you to be a part of this community, I need your money. That's offensive to me. To me, true religion, true religion is as grassroots as it can get. True religion to me is find any building where anybody could pay the rent. Come join together just for the purpose of paying the rent in that building, not supporting and sustaining people of that specific faith. And praying together the way they did hundreds, if not thousands of years ago. You sit, you pray, you have your moments. To me, if you're really spiritual, if you're really religion, God is everywhere. You can pray in your home, in your office, anywhere, in your car. God is all around you. You don't need to go to that building, hand people money, and be part of that organization. That, to me, is when religion gets dangerous. But this specific example of people holding hands together at their job before cameras roll. Hey, guys, let's have a great show. You mind if we have a moment and pray that we do this right? Wow. The fact that after a game, players hold hands on the field, say a If that's forcing religion down your throat and that offends you. And you could write an article about that, but don't have the same passion don't have the same anger and animosity when you see a beheading then you know what you are you are the biggest hypocritical coward out there because what you're doing is you're going after soft targets the soft target here is christianity everyone can blast christianity because you know what right now in this day and age not that they didn't at one time In this day and age, Christians are not blowing up things. Christians are not beheading people. You're not going to attack the more aggressive religion that is being shown all over world news for being violent towards people that believe in something else. You're not going to go after them. Why? Because you don't want to put yourself in harm's way. So you're going to go after the soft target. Let me tell you, that is the Biggest chicken shit move I have ever seen. And shame on you. Shame on you for taking that position to go after Tim Tebow and not go after a bigger, tougher target like we're seeing with Hamas, like we're seeing with ISIS. You coward. Wow. Unbelievable. The stuff that I'm seeing this week and stuff that's going on, um, other other things and, and getting into this one, Chris Hemsworth, People Magazine just called him the sexiest man alive. All right, a couple things on this. Remember that catcalling rant I did a couple weeks ago? Or if you haven't heard my rant, the catcalling video that went ry- uh, viral with. Women and a national organization of women and, and all these unbelievably offended women. Oh, my God. We walk down the street with the humanity of what we have to deal with and people oogling at us and and just saying things. Well, now People Magazine every year plasters on their front cover the sexiest man alive, which this time around is Chris Hemsworth, who plays Thor. In the movies. Okay. First thing, what do we normally hear about women and what they go after in men? Sense of humor. Well, Chris Hemsworth is not a comedian, not a comedic actor. So apparently the size of your sense of humor doesn't matter. Apparently it's how big the hammer is that you're swinging is what matters. And uh, he's uh, an entendre. It's an entendre, Tim Winter. Don't send me an email. Don't do a press release about me. I did an entendre there about the hammer he swinging. Remember, he's the mighty Thor with a big hammer that he swings. Oh, my God. So now it's okay to oogle men, plaster men all over a magazine, sexiest man alive. And look at the pictures of the men and who they're putting in these magazines. They're putting in these Perfect chiseled face guys with perfect hair and are dressed in unbelievable high fashion, expensive clothes are all in unbelievable shape or in very good shape. Really? How about the slightly overweight dad who comes home every day from his job and loves his kid and loves his wife? How about that? No, that's not sexy. That's not sexy. Oh, stop it! See, so you know what? Here's here's our catcalling, ladies. There it is. Go find People magazine. Oh, oh my God! How did these men exist? How did poor Chris Hemsworth? He's the sexiest man alive. You've you've made him into this object. You've made him into this object. How is he gonna survive again? Relax. And you know what? Good for Chris. Good for Chris. This isn't about Chris. This isn't about People Magazine. This is about the overreaction to the catcalling video. And just to show you the double standard, women with their whole, and, and the women that do this, women, oh, you don't know what it's like being a woman. You don't know, like, what is it? Oh, yeah? Guess what? Guys go through it, too. In fact, People Magazine dedicates an entire issue to it. Um, Other news. Uh, Pittsburgh Steelers' LeGarrette Blunt. What an example for kids out there. If you have a kid in sports, here's what you want to use as an example. The Pittsburgh Steelers have a backup running back or had a backup running back called LeGarrett Blunt. Legarrett Blunt played at Oregon University. He was an Oregon duck. He had a fight after a game. I believe it was with Boise State. Ah, oh, God, I should really research this stuff before I do it. I think it was a Boise State game where he punched a guy in the jaw after the game, got in trouble in college. Since he's been in the pros, he's been in the pros for five years. He's been on four different teams. The Steelers just cut him. Because this past Monday night, while the game was going on and the Steelers were coming back and, and their, their running back was running all over the other team, this LeGarrette Blunt was upset with the amount of playing time he was getting, walked off the field, went into the locker room, took a shower, got on the team bus and waited for the team. Did not support his fellow teammates. Waited for his team on the bus What the Steelers immediately cut LeGarrette Blunt, who has probably seen his last playing day in the NFL. Parents, this is the example you want for your kids. Kids, even in the pros, not everybody gets to play. Even when you're a pro and you're making money, not everybody gets to be on the field. So when you're in high school, if you're not good enough to get on the field or if the game is such that, you know what, the coach can't use you that game, don't come to me and cry to me and make me go complain to the coach. That's the lesson for kids. For parents, and this one is especially for you, you sick bastards, with your kids that have to play, that you get so involved and all these rec programs, and God forbid your kid doesn't get on the field. LaGarrett well, Blunt and many, many NFL players do not see the field during the course of a game because of a game plan or whatever, whatever player is ahead of them that's outperforming them. There is a third string quarterback on many on an NFL team that will never see the playing field. He will get a championship ring like every other guy, if his team wins the Super Bowl because he was a part of that team. He went through the practices, sacrificed all year long, and although you didn't see him on the field, performed in college, did what he had to do, got drafted, busted his ass enough to keep a job on that team, which is not easy, 55 guys, not easy to keep a job on that team. Gets a ring like everybody else. So you know what, parents? The fact that your kid is standing on the sideline, the fact that your kid made the team should be enough for your kid and enough for you. So stop complaining, stop bitching about your kid not getting in games because not everybody gets to play. Um, other stuff that I'm seeing in the news, apparently everybody's been raped by Bill Cosby. Um, every every time, I mean, what does this, the... the, the model uh dickinson or dixon she was raped by everybody's been raped by bill cosby um the unbelievable thing here is michael jackson also black went through this with kids and people were outraged and michael jackson became the punchline of many a joke bill cosby for some reason I mean, a lot of people going back. This is going back 40 years. Women are lining up complaining about Bill Cosby raping them. And the reason I'm bringing this up is because Bill Cosby is the one comedian who is as self-righteous as they come when it comes to the use of vulgarity in comedy shows. And I'm tying it all the way back to the beginning of this podcast and my buddy Tim Winter. Okay, again, the guy who talks about you shouldn't say foul and filth and filth and foul and and filth you shouldn't use the curse words. That guy who yells at Eddie Murphy, Chris Rock, you shouldn't use the filth and the foul and the filth has been accused of rape by a parade of women. For the last, I don't know, 40 years? You know what, Bill? Rather than tell comedians what's funny, what's not funny, whether they should curse, whether they shouldn't curse, why don't you stop allegedly raping women? Because you know what? That curse word hurts a lot less than a sexual assault that somebody has to live with for the rest of their life. And again... Here we go back to people throwing stones. You got to wonder what's deep in their closet. You got to wonder. You got to wonder what deviant behavior is going on elsewhere in their lives that they are so self-righteous, so much about the girls' words, or so those sons of two and a half minutes. Oh, my God. It was unbelievable. Love making two and a half minutes. I went blind. The murder was a right. Two and a half minutes of People, look at the source. Look at the source, where it's coming from, and before you jump on that bandwagon, why don't you ask questions of the source about them, their life, their agenda, and what they're trying to espouse. And the other thing, while I'm talking about source, you know what? I'm just realizing I quoted and called out my friend Lindsey Everett from Facebook you know, for the people that have sent me emails that, that wonder who I'm talking about, again, when I have something specific that I pulled specifically off of a Facebook friend's page, I just referenced her. I will reference you. For the most part, I scour the internet looking for stories. And sometimes I'll see them in my Facebook feed. You know what? If it, it's not about you, I know it's hard to believe that something in life is not about you. However, if you're listening to this podcast and it just so happens that the topic I'm talking about is about you in a roundabout way because it fits. If that shoe fits, like they say, strap it up and wear it. So you know what? Yes, some of these podcasts in a roundabout way affect you, the listener. Otherwise, who else is going to listen to this thing? But if you think I'm targeting any specific person, trust me. I will name drop. I will name names. I will call you out. I called out Tim Winter. I give credit to Lindsey Everett. I will name names. I will name my sources. That's what I do. That's what this podcast is about. And before you judge me and what I'm doing on this, look at your own passive-aggressive bullshit post on Facebook when you call someone out in your vague way And say, this is to all the haters out there. You know what? Name names. Name your haters. Call your haters out. Or at least say, I just had to defriend somebody today because of this. Anyway, that's this podcast. I really enjoyed this one. I had fun. I hope you did too. Episode 8 in the books. Um, Warming up the Daily Show this week for Jon Stewart. God, I love doing that. Um, I have shows coming up. Caroline's on Monday. I'm doing a Paramus uh, fundraiser a Tricky Tray this week. Um, I'm in Queens. I got a show coming up in Brooklyn. Check me out. Twitter, Facebook, everywhere. This is Vince August going out on some Deck 3. Thank you, John Haber. Everybody, enjoy your week. See you next week.